What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Honda Classic. You know what they say, it's nice to go away, but even better to come home. So after being on the road in Phoenix and L.A., nice to be back in my routine. Nice to be back with my multiple screens and my normal setup here. Uh, if you've emailed me or reached out, uh, I'm way behind on that stuff. So give me give me a couple of days to work through everything now that I kind of uh, am getting settled in again. I'll, I'll get through that stuff as much as possible. There's a lot of things that I have to do now that I'm back. Uh, additionally, let's just address this Honda Classic field out of the way, um, right out of the gate here. This field got the shaft, right? I mean, when you are... Uh, the only non-elevated event in a five-event stretch, that stinks. And it stinks for Honda, and it stinks for the fans, and it stinks for those um, who love PGA National because it's a great golf course and a challenging one. But it doesn't necessarily stink for us, those playing fantasy, those betting. The way that I see this, yes, they're different names. They're not the best players in the world. Someone's going to win. There's going to be an optimal lineup. Fantasy points will be scored. Sports books will pay out winners and top fives and top tens and top 20. So the process doesn't change. We're going to go through this data-driven research approach with the course, with the field, and we are going to rock and roll. We treat every event the same way. There's no elevated events for us. We're going to continue the process. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into it. This is my website, rickrungood.com. This is the course key stats model. Everything you see uh, in this preview will be from my website. So PGA National, it's a really hard course, right? You'll often see the winning score be two, three, four under par. The big thing that you'll notice is that there is water and penalty shots lurking everywhere. There is so much danger off the tee. We're in Florida now, right? Which means you're generally going to get a lot flatter golf courses you're generally going to get you know some type of bermuda that rolls pretty pure and then you're going to have basically water everywhere and that's what you're seeing at pga national um the one thing to note and and you have to kind of uh read into the course key stats model a little bit here where it says that driving distance is more important than driving accuracy. Uh, driving distance ranks 16th, which means there's only 15 other courses on the PGA Tour in which driving distance is more important. Driving accuracy, 34th. So there's actually 33 golf courses in which driving accuracy is more important. This is a par 70. It's not particularly long, 7,100 yards or so. And because there is so much danger off the tee, you'll notice that a lot of guys are not going to hit driver off the tee so what that creates is a lot a lot of situations where they're playing for the fairway they're playing to just keep it safe and then the longer hitters the guys that show up in terms of driving distance get that edge on the second shot they're going to get it a little bit more off the tee right if they hit four iron off the tee uh, the longer hitter is going to be further down than the other guy hitting the same club, but they're really going to be able to take advantage of their distance on a second shot. So that's kind of where this comes into play. You'll notice that um, you'll notice it at Pebble Beach. You'll notice it at Harbor Town. You'll notice it a couple times throughout the year. I think this is another one of those times because it is not a driver heavy golf course that while driving distance ranks very highly, it is because those guys are showing up with good club head speed on the second shots, not necessarily off the tee. The other way to look at this. Um, Strokes gained around the green relatively uh, based on its own rank is more important than approach. You don't often see that strokes gained putting uh, more important than basically any other stat here. It's not the most critically important, right? Um, it's 13th, which means there's 12 other courses on which the PGA tour uh, on the PGA tour schedule in which strokes gained putting is more relatively 
uh, correlated to success. So this is a pretty standard, normal-ish model. We can run just kind of our normal stuff and give a little bit of nod to driving distance, a little bit of nod to probably Bermuda putting, a little bit of nod uh, around the green. We'll do that at the end and then kind of see where we go from there. If you take those numbers and just uh, apply them to everybody in this field over their last 36 rounds, you do get this adjusted fit number. So Ben Taylor actually over the last 36 has the best adjusted fit. That's his stats and what's important at this golf course and who gets the biggest boost versus Knox. Sung JM is second. Really no surprise there. Matty Schmidt is third. Alex Norrit is fourth. Aaron Wise is fifth. That's the top five in terms of adjusted course fit. You can go to rickrungo.com and, and adjust um, the number of rounds you want to use. Maybe you want to use you know 12 rounds. Maybe you want to use 50 rounds or anywhere in between. But I like last 36. So it's Taylor, Sung Jay, Schmidt, Norrin, and Wise rounding out the top five there. Let's look at the pricing on the cheat sheet. Only two golfers over 10,000 bucks. How about that? Sung Jae Im at 10.7, Shane Lowry at 10.4. Let's start there. Uh, I imagine Sung Jae is going to be pretty popular. He is pretty clearly the best player in this field. I'm not, I'm not sure it's super close. If you go, let's just do last 100 rounds, and I'll even include everything like Corn Ferry Tour rounds, European Tour rounds, Asian Tour rounds, which should help everybody else. Sung Jae is still fourth on this list, 1.16. There's only six golfers in this field who across all tours are gaining more than a stroke per round in their last 100. And then obviously, if you go to the weighted side of things, I imagine Sung Jae is going to smash these guys because Moronk is getting a lot of European Tour rounds in there. Robbie Shelton, a lot of that success is, is both PGA, but also Corn Ferry. Let's see what the weighted numbers are. I'd be surprised if Sungjae's not number one. Yeah, he is. Okay, 1.47. So this takes into account the uh, the strength of field. Uh, the example that I give all the time is that it is way more impressive to gain two strokes per round at the U.S. Open than it is at the Bermuda Championship. Logically, that makes sense. The weighted strokes gain stuff actually shows that. So I probably will do a lot of the weighted strokes gain this week because it is an eclectic field because it is a field where guys are coming in from a lot of different areas from a lot of different tours some of the euro guys are coming over and starting over here for the first time because this is generally when the euros come over and they do the florida swing so yeah i think that using a weighted strokes gain metric this week makes a lot of sense and it starts to show you who the best players in the field are so denny excuse me minwoo lee who drops from number one to like number what like eight in terms of 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 weighted strokes game because a lot of his came in in weaker fields and the guys that show up at the top are the names that you would expect sung jay and lowry and norin and wise and horse in fact for the most part it's basically the top priced golfers chris kirk is kind of um, probably a little bit more expensive than he should be in terms of weighted strokes gain numbers but certainly something's lean on for this week okay back to sung jay um, played a lot better than I think this T56 shows. Let me pull up his round by round stuff. Just kind of a disaster on the weekend at Riviera. He goes out the first two rounds and he gains nearly five strokes in total. It basically get gains across the board. Really good stuff there. Then he just kind of loses the short game on the weekend. Um, loses 3.3 on Sunday alone, loses 2.4 on Saturday. I look at this and I think it gives me a little bit of concern but not much. Let's call it a three out of 10. 
in terms of concern, drove the ball very well all week long. For the most part, he hit his irons okay. Um, we know that the putter, I mean, you can see the putter is, I mean, those are his two worst putting rounds of 2023 basically he had one other one his first round or second round of the year which was worse but he is a very very good putter I, I i usually think these guys get back on track pretty quickly same thing with the around the green play yeah there are some pretty troublesome um shots around the green at riviera where if you're in the wrong spot you're just you're just gonna get cooked there are some tricky spots around the greens or at least um you know especially with a different type of grass at pga national but nothing that i would be too overly concerned about especially when you're looking at his at his record around here which is a win in 2020 and an eighth in 2021 he did miss the cut last year and you could be looking at you know this this run of results it goes 18th 4th 6th 56th for Sungjae that's really two bad rounds you know you could argue that that is 4 8 12 um, like 14 of his last 16 rounds have been really, really good. And that 56 kind of puts a weird little thing on it. Lowry, I'd like to do a deeper dive into as well, because um, last week was his first decent start since his victory on the DP World Tour a couple of uh, months ago. And I wanted to see how he did it. Yeah, this is this is much more what you'd like to see out of Lowry, right? Gain two and a half off the tee, gain two on approach, be stout around and basically gain two and a half everywhere except with the putter. If he gains two and a half with the putter, does he win? No, not even close. But um, that is a much better stat profile. So I'll be interested to see what the industry is going to do with the two top uh, 10K guys. I, I probably prefer Sungjae in this spot, but we'll see. We'll know uh, the projected ownership numbers well before this thing starts, and we'll go over them again Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Rick Rungood YouTube channel. We'll do a live chat. We'll have all the ownership, all the pivots, all that fun stuff. But I probably prefer Sungjae over Shane Lowry in this spot. We've got to point out at least two guys in the 9K range. We're going to start with Norin, Alex Norin, who is coming off of two missed cuts, but they are there are good missed cuts and there are bad missed cuts. And I don't think that these are uh, atrocious missed cuts. He missed the cut in Phoenix on the number. He lost .06 strokes to the field. And then he missed the cut at Riv by two shots. So he missed two cuts by a total of three shots, which, like, dude, the two deepest fields uh, of the year – He's going to get a huge reprieve going to PGA National and teeing it up against this field. And remember, before those two missed cuts, it was a T5 in Abu Dhabi, a runner-up in Dubai, a T4 in Houston. He had been playing very solid golf. And what do we know about Alex Noren? Well, the idea being that when you're kind of this grinder like Noren is, that when conditions get more difficult that's when you're going to find yourself in a better position Alex Norton very good at like getting up and down to make par Alex Norton very good at like grinding out rounds Alex Norton not great at winning birdie fests and you can see in his results he's made three of his last four cuts the Honda T5 last year third place finish in 2018 so I'm basically I don't even care about those two missed cuts uh, this field is going to be so much weaker than the two fields that he just missed the cut in. I, I, it, it's hard to care at all. And then Minwoo, I want to show Minwoo Lee because, you know, he's been doing a lot of damage and a lot of his play on the European Tour in the Corn Ferry. He has not played a PGA Tour event since the Open Championship. So if you are only using PGA Tour stats for Minwoo Lee, like, you don't have a start for him in the last nine months. That would be crazy, okay? So he goes out and he's uh, just off to a great start. On the DP World Tour, he has gained at least double digit in terms of strokes gained in five of his last eight starts. That's 
two third-place finishes. So he finished third in Spain. John Rahm won that event. He finished third at the Andalusia Masters, which was won by... Oh, did another Spaniard win that? Hold on, now I gotta look it up. Adrian Otegi. Okay, so yes, that, that was another Spaniard. He goes T8 at the Ned Bank, which was won by... Hold on, I should just probably just have this up here. The Ned Bank was won by... Oh, boy, sorry. Tommy Fleetwood won the Ned Bank. That's right. He finished 12th in Dubai. That was won by John Rahm. He finished 4th at the PGA, the Australian PGA Championship. That was won by Cam Smith. He finished 3rd at the Australian Open. That was won by Adrian Moronk. He finished runner-up in Abu Dhabi, which was won by Victor Perez. Remember that bunker shot? And then he finished T13 in Dubai at the Desert Classic, which was won by... Rory McIlroy. The reason that I tell you that is I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture that he's not necessarily just beating up these some weak DP World Tour fields. I mean, he is playing great golf in fields that top-end talent is winning, and he is close. So to put that into perspective, that is a top 13 or better in every event for his last eight. And we do have... The strokes gain metrics uh, for most of these European tour events, not all of them, but most of them. And you'll see great off the tee, decent on approach, very good short game. Very, very good short game. You know, he has not get, he has not lost strokes putting in a measured event since the Scottish Open. That was in July. Okay, so this is a very, very good stat profile. So I wanted to roll through that because I know if you're again, if you're only looking at PGA Tour numbers, you're not doing it right. Uh, Denny McCarthy will likely be pretty pop popular at 90, 90, 100. He had that really good, was it Saturday? And then a fourth place finish two starts before that. He's played well at Honda. He'll be very, very popular, which makes me interested to see what people are going to do with Aaron Wise, who I'm happy to go back to off of two missed cuts. Or even Thomas Dietrich, who just seemingly never misses cuts, right? And, you know, 57th, or excuse me, 33rd, 37th, 37th, 26th. These are, um, these are finishes where fields are much stronger. He is now what, a top 12 player in this field? Might be a good spot for Dietrich to snap off and get that first PGA Tour victory. The 8K range, we've got to talk about Harris English, first off. 8,400, coming off a 12th place finish, and he has not played this event in a couple of years, but he's entering off of a 17th place finish, a 12th place finish, a 33rd in the last three times that he's played it. We need to see, though, if there are any glaring red flags in what we would have seen at Riviera last week. Yeah, there is. Oh, that stinks. That stinks. I kind of wanted to be in on this, but he loses two and a half strokes off the tee. He loses a stroke on approach. He gains two around the green and nearly nine with the putter. That is, yeah. That stinks. The best putting week of his career and probably the second best short game week of his career. Third best. That's going to be tough to back up. That's, that's going to be tough to roll out there and find that again. So unfortunately, probably I'm, I'm a stack guy, probably not going to be able to get there in Harris English. If you think that that unlocked, um, you know, something in him that now he's going to be able to play well at a place that he's played well in the past. Sure, I'm probably not going to be able to get there. There's going to be two pretty popular guys in this range. Um, Adam Svensson, who finished ninth last week and ninth at this event, 
last year. I think we talked about him a little bit um, last week, or maybe I wrote him up in Golf Digest. I can't remember, but it was basically the fact that he was only what three or four, four starts removed from the RSM Classic, and I think I might have gotten. Even so, I think I might have gotten the right answer with the wrong formula because he gained 11 strokes in the short game categories, five around the green, another five with the putter. He lost strokes in the ball striking categories. That feels a bit fishy to me, right? I think he's going to be popular. It feels kind of trappy based on what we saw. And then Johnny Vegas was was the other one, which... I'll tell you what, I did not think Riviera was going to be a good fit for for Johnny Vegas last week, and it wasn't until, or excuse me, it it was great until Sunday. Let me pull up his round-by-round stuff. I guess the weekend in general wasn't good for him. He lost two and a half strokes on Saturday, another two and a half on Sunday. He drove it well. It was the second shot and the putter that was giving him issues. He's always going to struggle with the putter, um, but... I do so this is where this is where you have to play kind of the ebbs and flows of the PGA Tour schedule. Um I I thought Tory was a good spot for him. I thought Phoenix was a good spot for him. I did not necessarily think Riviera was a good spot for him, but I do kind of think that PGA National is a good spot for him. The problem is I think he's probably going to be more popular than he should be. If you look at his results, I think he's played this event, at least of the guys that you'd actually consider playing more than anybody. He's played it 10 times. He has missed the cut once. Uh, his best finish was a T4 in 2017. He doesn't have a lot of high finishes. He's got a couple of top 20s, but you can see he does have decent putting years. And the only year where he like really, really hemorrhaged strokes on the greens, he lost six in 2011, still made the cut. Other than that, his worst loss was three over four rounds. After that, his worst loss was 1.3 over four rounds. So what I'm kind of thinking here is we have a guy who's hitting it well right now and always seems to hit it well going back to a very familiar place in which he has not been nearly as bad with the putter as um he usually is so we'll see we'll make sure he's not like 25 percent owned or something like that but johnny vegas around pga national hopefully that weekend with the struggles um keeps keeps expectations and ownership in check uh, no problem going back to adrian moronk he really struggled on thursday i think he lost three strokes to the field rallies on Friday, makes the cut, finishes 45th, going to get a much, much weaker field. And, um, you know, I, I I would not have been too surprised to see his price go way up. Remember when we saw him, I'll just show you on his, on his profile, you know, when he was his most expensive, like the last time that he came and played a PGA Tour event, it was, it was Bermuda and he was like $10,000. Yeah, 10300 he missed the cut. He's playing much better golf now and he's in the 8,000s and he did not have a huge, you know, that huge disappointment in Bermuda. So I have no problem kind of running it right back with Moronk. Look at the stat profile. Very, very similar to what we've seen from him. No, no problem whatsoever here. The 7K range is pretty ugly. I do think the custom model will uncover a couple of guys that we're interested in. Um, Lee Hodges, who snapped five straight missed cuts with an 18-place finish um, last week and then had a top 10 last year. That's fine. Little dart throwy. Little dart throwy. The one that kind of has me most interested, believe it or not, is Joseph Bramlett. If, if you've been following along, we've been tracking Bramlett's play as of late as he tries to figure out his game, and it, it appears he is. A um, couple of notes here. So he's got the T13 at the Farmers, the T7 at Pebble Beach. Uh, that is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven events in a row in which he's made the cut. Three of them 
have been top 15, so he is getting more consistent. He would fit the criteria of driving distance. Obviously, he's probably one of the longest guys on the PGA Tour. So, like, that part of the custom model, and he's been much better on approach play. My concern is, so we played him a lot on West Coast POA. And he was great. He putted to a zero at Torrey. He putted to a zero at Pebble. I'm a little bit worried that if we get him back on some velvety Bermuda, like he's just going to put a lot of bad strokes on things. Um, So that has me a little bit worried, but we're clearly seeing an improved golfer who's in the mid $7,000 range of a very weak field who has top 10 upside in much stronger fields. He's going to miss, you know, he's going to disappoint you a lot. I wouldn't track this shot by shot. If you like your sanity, but we got to run him back out here. The other one would be Ben Griffin. Who's miscut at pebble snapped like a 10 event streak in which he was making the cuts. Uh, You know, you can always chalk up, a three-course rotation, weird pro-am, misca- you can you can read a lot into that. He's a very good putter in general, good on the surface. I, I think you've had a couple of weeks to come down from that. He is better than a lot of his similarly priced peers. And then we'll wrap this up in the sixth. I think um I think there's gonna be a lot of guys in the custom model because we're gonna, you know, put in some weird stuff that we're gonna get a lot of six and seven K guys. But here's the six K range. A couple of interesting names in the six K range. First off, Pearson Cootie's back in this field. He seems like he's gonna be Strong. Let me just pull up his profile because um, he just won a Corn Ferry Tour event a couple of starts ago, Panama Championship in February. He missed a lot of cuts prior to that. I mean, he's still trying to figure his game out, this kid from uh, University of Texas who just turned pro. He's already won tw- – I mean, look at this. He's won twice already on the Corn Ferry in his first seven months, but there's a lot of missed cuts in between there. Also, don't be confused. I haven't seen the final results yet, but – I saw Parker Cootie, his twin brother, I think they're twins, they're definitely brothers, are, uh, I think he was very close to Monday qualifying for this event, so so don't get these two confused if they both end up in play here. Um, Akshay Batia has just the best raw strokes gain numbers in the last 30 um, in the 6K range. He had a fourth place finish and a seventh place finish recently. He tried to defend his title in uh, the Bahamas on the Corn Ferry Tour. So you're getting like a lot of the Corn Ferry guys right now. Also pretty amazing that as, as of right now, Danny Lee is still in this field. Uh, Liv just announced Danny Lee as a member of the Ironheads. So I guess he's WDing. You can't play them both. I don't know, but as as far as the media site goes, he is still in this field, which is crazy to think about. The only guy um, that I was able to lay some eyes on last week um, was Kevin Tway. And let me pull up Kevin Tway's recent numbers. So kind of two types of golfers in this field. There are these new up-and-coming um, hope, you know, young guys or the more established PGA Tour veterans. And... I saw a little bit of Tway um, this past week and a little bit in Phoenix, and I thought he looked decent, okay, just decent. Now, the genesis is a much better stat line where he gained everywhere but around the green. Phoenix, he lost big off the tee, which you can do in Phoenix, and he gained nine strokes with the putter. It's a lot of slightly above average play in his last eight starts. He's missed two cuts in that in that time frame. He finished T18th at the Farmers. 
I think that if you were super desperate, you could do a lot worse than Kevin Tway, who seemed to be pretty comfortable when I was following him around last week. He's going to get a big boost in field strength or lack thereof. And this is, I mean, it's a very low bar, but by far the best golf he's played in the last couple of years. Very low bar, but again, a couple of top 40s, a lot of cuts made, and a lot of strokes gained, or at least above average strokes gained across the board. Not not a bad option. All right, let's go to the model. One thing I want to do before I forget is I want to go down to the course uh, course history here. And I want to throw some on. And if you go read Andy Lack's article on rickrungood.com, he does a course breakdown. He does the season-long fantasy ranks. And he does the um, like Wednesday final thoughts article each week. And he had a couple of comp courses in here that I wanted to include. Three TPCs, Twin Cities, Sawgrass, Southwind. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a nod there, and I'm going to put five on Sawgrass, five on Southwind, five on Twin Cities, and then for PGA National itself, I'm going to put 10 on. Okay, so now we've done 25. Then I'm going to go up and do um, some weighted metrics. So I'm going to do... Weighted um, uh, around the green, 15. Weighted approach, 20. Weighted off the tee, 10. But what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to split the other 10 up in driving with uh, 8 on distance, 2 on accuracy. I guess I could actually flip that and say eight on accuracy, two on distance. Let's do that. I could go both ways. Two two counter arguments there. Then I'm going to put 10 on Bermuda putting and 10 on um, hard golf courses. Okay. My number one golfer is, wow, Sung JM. No surprise. Sung J1, Kuchar 2, Lowry 3, Norin 4. I love that. Alex Norin's going to win this week. Five on Chris Kirk. Matt Wallace is six. So that's kind of the first big guy out of position. Is Matt Wallace, $6,900 is sixth. Billy Horschel, seven. Ryan Palmer, another big one, eight. Johnny Vague, or, or excuse me. Yeah, Palmer 8, Vegas 9, Webb at 10. Uh, a couple other notables. I'm skipping around. Sean O'Hare is 13. Austin Cook is 15. Lee Hodges 17. Aaron Wise 23rd for me. That's a little disappointing. I'm just trying to see if there's any other big numbers uh, in both directions that I should be worried about. Doesn't really look like it. Okay, cool. I'll save this and I'll revisit it. 23 Honda Classic. Um, Very cool. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. Tuesday betting show is normal. Wednesday live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Uh, The newsletter will be coming out this week. RickRunGood.com slash newsletter. Follow me on Twitter at RickRunGood. All that fun stuff, right? Golf and data coming in your direction. Best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.